of the Holy Ghost Father Lord that's the desire of our heart that we open our heart for you you are the King of King you are the Lord of Lord father we want you to have the full preeminence in our heart we want you father Lord to reign and rule Lord we don't want to have any private room father in our heart but we want you to have full control in all our being Lord that's why we are here this morning father we want to hear from you. We want to get closer to you, Father. We want you, Lord, to take any doubt, any room of doubt, Father, that you remove it. But we want to take anything that is not of yours, that this place will be your sanctuary. Our heart will be your dwelling place, Father. As this song says it so well, we want you to abide, to reign and abide in our heart and our lives, Father. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. We thank you, Father, for your presence already to the songs and the atmosphere. Lord, we want you to remain with us for the remainder of the service. Our desire is to see the Lord Jesus Christ. As that request was sent to Philip, sir, we would like to see Jesus. That's our desire this morning, Father. We want to see Jesus through your word, Father. We want to see Jesus through one another, Father. Nothing else but you, God. May you receive the glory and the honor. Father, we are human beings. We have mistakes. We have done probably say something wrong or seen something wrong, Father. That's why I rely on the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. May you wash us. May you cleanse us, Father, that we can offer you a sacrifice with our, our, of our lips, oh Lord, that will be so pleasing to you. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. May you bless, Father, your word. Bless your people this morning. Remember those who are traveling, those who are in the camp, those, Father, different places. 
Brother Ed and his family and other different ones for traveling. May you bless them as well. Father, as you will be with them, be with us as well this morning. We give you the glory and the honor. Father, we also remember the family of our dear brother, Jose. Oh God, may you comfort them, Father. Lord Jesus Christ, may you be near them, Father. These are difficult times, oh God, but Lord, we just rely on you being the comforter, being them, Father. Give them, Lord, the word of peace in them, Father. Lord, may you remind them, Father, that you are still the God, the master, the father, the one, Lord, who we have promised the resurrection is not lost, but one day we will see him again. Oh, God, with this, that's, that, that smile he used to have, Father. May you bless his family and comfort them during this place, this time, Father. We love you and appreciate you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. But I still want to keep you for another song, if you don't mind. Um, just want to say, Brother John and Sister Anna, congratulations as well. It's not your wedding, only it's our wedding. So this is, we are all involved, so each person has to say something about it because we appreciate you so much and Sister Anna. So we are taking ownership of that, whether he likes it or not. Because <laughs> we, we appreciate them, such a nice couple. And uh, they love the Lord. And so we looking forward to that. And just keep them in prayer. And... Uh, Everything goes fine, and they've been taught very well uh, this time, just, but just want to keep them in prayer as well. Man, we love them, appreciate them. Good times. Let it be an encouragement for the rest. <laughs> Sorry for that. But <clears throat> Brother, I just want to go to the um, song, Jesus Paid It All. I will go to the... Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Once again, Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. you to go to the Word of God, Leviticus 25. I'm going to talk this morning about redemption. Thank God for the special meetings and God speaking to our heart. I believe that we are in a better position than before the special meetings. It's a revival in my life, my family, and I believe in in our church as well, amen. May God bless the preachers and the ministers. Uh, I was thinking about the example Brother Banam says, you know, if you think he was a preacher and then he heard someone preaching, he says, I'm not a preacher anymore. So I feel like I'm not a preacher this morning, but 
just want to reuse what the word of God, because there is life in the word of God. Amen. Leviticus 25, verse 21, 28. Leviticus 25, 21, 28. Just saying for those in French. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years, and it shall sow, and it shall sow the eighth year, and eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year, until a fruit come in, you shall eat of the old store. If you can see, there is already an element of faith here. They had to believe in God that they have in the sixth year what they are sowing. They are going to gather threefold for the next three years. They had to have faith in God's word to see in that manifested. Sometimes they could think, oh no, let's, let's just sow the next year because we don't trust. But no, God's word says, no, leave it. The land needs to have its own Sabbath. So you have to leave it. It was an element of faith, and God was already doing miracles back then. In the Old Testament, already miracles happening there. But the land could produce as much as that for the next three years. 23 says, the land, 23, the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. If you can speak about it, about the land, what about the people? So the land shall not be sold forever. There will be a time for redemption for the land. How much, how much more for the people? If the land can always be redeemed, how much more for God's children? They will always be redeemed. There will always be a time and place for them to be redeemed. So for you are strangers and sojourners with me, and all the land of your possession, you shall grant a redemption for the land. And if thy brother be waxed poor and have sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which is his brother sold. Gives them a, a place of redemption for the brother to redeem the land for his other brother. It says, it continues 26, and if the man had none to redeem it and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count for the years of the sale thereof and restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold it, that he may return unto his possession. People of God can say his possession once again. But if he be not able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that had brought it until the year of Jubilee. And in the Jubilee he shall go out, and it shall return unto his possession. Once again, his possession. May God bless his word. You can have a seat. Lord, we need you this morning. Amen. My title this morning is, and I want to take it from this quote of the prophet, says, Prophet says in the door to the heart, he says, Satan, you are nothing but a deceiver. You have no legal right to hold any Christian any longer. Amen. In the prayer, they have confessed their sin. They are not your property anymore. They are God's property. Amen. Amen. So my title is God's property. 
So the prophet that is praying says, the people are not your property anymore. They are God's property. You are not the property of anyone else. You are God's property. I believe that the revelation of knowing that we are God's property is very important. And we shall not take it lightly. We shall not take it lightly because it's very important. It's a key element in the redemption. In the key element of redemption, the prophet will preach the kinsman redeemer. And some of my thoughts comes from that message, the kinsman redeemer. And I think the prophet at the beginning, I didn't take that, but at the beginning, some of my note I left. But the prophet is mentioning that I'm going to talk about the faith for redemption. So his main thought, his main message as he's preaching that is to bring the faith for the redemption. People need and Christians need to have faith in what God has already done for us. There is an element and there is important that we understand that and it becomes a reality more and more in every day of our life that it becomes a reality in our lives. And I said it's a key element of the redemption. If I will go right away into the subject this morning. Because it is important to have that revelation of redemption, to have the revelation to know that we are God's property, because it includes the revelation about election. It includes the revelation about predestination. Election, God shows you, and the predestination is telling you where you are going, and then it includes even the revelation of redemption, because we have God is not a thief. God is not a thief. God is not redeeming something that does not belong to him. In order for God to redeem, it has to be something that pertains to him that is coming to take back. Amen. He's not trying to take someone else's health belongings and say, this belongs to me. No, he's taking what already belonged to him that was lost. That's why he comes and redeems it back. So and then you have at any time and any circumstance, you and I, we have any time and circumstance as we are going through this life always to remember where we come from. Amen. No matter the steps, no matter the circumstances, always remember, I'm God's property. I'm here because I'm God's property. I'm saved because I'm God's property. I believe the message because I'm God's property. I believe what God says because I'm God's property. I'm not trying to fit in in order to please God and maybe he might accept me just by accepting me. No, you believe and you obey because from the beginning he chose you from the beginning. We were his, that's why we are where we are. In the story of the Mama Eagle, the old farmer was the person who stole the egg. No matter how many years that, that eagle spent, no many years in that, in that, in that, in that courtyard or whatever he was, but in the barnyard, rather, no matter how many years he spent there, it didn't belong to the farmer, it belonged to the Mama Eagle. And it was the mama eagle had to remember, you know, I used to have two eggs. One is missing, so I'm going to look for the missing egg that already belonged to me. You can come, the farmer could come there and say, you know, you egg, what, you little eagle, where are you going? You belong here. You belong here. Mama eagle if you could talk to the farmer. No, it doesn't belong to you. From the very beginning, this egg belonged to me. It's part of me. I'm not making it a chicken. It is a eagle from the beginning. So he has to come back to the place where he comes from. That's the story of redemption. The bride, the story of redemption of the bride is not going to tribulation, is not going to judgment because the bride is part of him from the very beginning. 
That's why God sent us a prophet to remind us who we are. He will preach am spiritual amnesia to tell us maybe you have been suffering with spiritual amnesia, but now I want to bring you back to the original place where you came from so that you realize who you are. It's not you will be a son of God, you will be a daughter of God. Now we are sons and daughters of God. And because you are son and daughter of God, he gives you the Holy Ghost. Very good story, but the prophet says, the old mother eagle happened to come over the barnyard. As she looked down, she saw a youngin. The farmer stole him. That's right. An egg out of her nest that was hers. She screamed to him, honey son, you are not a chicken. You are an eagle. You are mine. That's the message what comes to tell us. You are mine. But I don't know you. I don't remember you. I don't know you are mine. You are mine as the eagle is screaming. To remind him inside of you as you can hear the word of God. Something is starting to stir inside of you. Oh, this sounds familiar. Although I don't remember how I used to be in the nest and everything. But when that mother's eagle is screaming, it sounds familiar. That's the message. You can't explain it. You can't tell. The eagle couldn't stay there and start explaining to the chicken. You know, this is mean. This is mean. This is mean. You know, I just feel something inside of me. When that mother's eagle is screaming, something inside of me is responding. That must be part of my nature. That's where I'm going. And he started going with what the mother is saying. I didn't know that I can fly high. Keep it. Oh. French is coming, but it's okay. <laughs> and I feel good French comes. So <laughs> One day I'm just going to speak in tongues. <laughs> but what I'm saying sometimes, I feel like speaking in tongues. <laughs> Honey, son, you are not a chicken. You are not a chicken. You are an eagle. You are mine. I've come for you. I've come for you. Redemption is not just, oh, I died on the cross. I will, maybe someone will feel pity for me, and then maybe they will accept me because they will see how I came. And that's not that redemption. No. No. Redemption, he knew for who he came. He knew exactly your name. He knew your situations. He knew in which age you will come. As Sister Naomi sang the other day, he knows my name. He knows your name. He knows the age when you come in. He knows your address. That's why I come and I come for you, my property. I come for you because you are mine. No matter in which way, in, in which garbage you are, but you are still mine. That's why I'm coming for you, and I want you to rise up higher, to live like an eagle. Don't live like a chicken, live like an eagle. You are my property, you are a son and a daughter of God. I remember the night when God made that scream to me, the prophet says. You are not of this world. You are not of them, chicken. 
You are not a chicken to begin with. You are an eagle. You are mine. I've come for you. Now, honey, up, up and listen to my word. Just make a little jump and flop your little wings. You are circling the backyard, the barnyard. I pray that this very hour is circling the backyard. As it's just, as just Mother Eagle was just circling the backyard, speaking the word of God, screaming, trumpeting. An eagle is trumpeting. An eagle doesn't scream, he's trumpeting. As he's trumpeting the word of God, that eaglet is responding, yes, that's me. Yes, that's the word of God. Yes, that's what belongs to me. Amen. Amen. As we know this scripture of the prophet or this quote, the prophet says, we did not come, we did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed and therefore were reborn for only the elect can be reborn. The message is not trying to change you from a, from, a, from, a, from a chicken to become an eagle. No, it's trying to remind you that you are already being an eagle. So you have to live like an eagle. Because we were seed is the reason we could be quickened. In non-seed, there is nothing to quicken. Even in a seed, it might look nice, it might look very appealing, and you put it in the ground, oh, it will just be rotten, nothing comes out. But the seed of God, you put it in the ground, and you put a little bit of light, and you put a little bit of water inside of it, then it starts, oh, there's something happening. Are you with me this morning? So the prophet says, hold this carefully in mind. Now take the next step. Redeem means to buy back. The brother Tim Preet said the other day, with a good example to the funeral time there, he said a good example, he said that young boy used to have that little boat and he lost that boat and he found it again in the market and that little, 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 little boy went and bought that boat back and then people could hear that little boy saying, Oh, my boat, you used to be mine. Now you are mine again. <laughs> People from the outside could just look and not realize why he's saying mine again. Because he had a secret, you know, that he used to have it. Now I lost that little boat. Now I found it again. Oh, you used to be mine. Now you are mine again. That's where the word of God comes. We used to be lost, but now it takes us back again. Oh, you are mine again. I created you. You are part of me. I designed you. It's not something else. It's not the property from the place where I, saw, I took you from. You have been my property from the very beginning. You are mine. Let us realize that we are his. Amen. We are God's property. We are not Satan's property. We are God's property. It says, he restored to your original owners. Exposition of the church ages. God by his death, the shed blood, bought back his own, his own. He bought back the the spoken word seed bride. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. The sheep knows the shepherd. They recognize the shepherd. They know who is the shepherd. And it's not it's a relationship of ownership. 
The relationship that we have it is a relationship of ownership. John 10, 1 says, Verily, I verily I say unto you, He that enter not by the door into the sheepfold, but climb up some other way, the same is the thief or the robber. And Jesus says, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. John this answering. John 1, 5 says, But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. He calleth his own sheep by name. It's not someone a sheep, is his own sheep by name. And leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. And they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. But they know not the voice of the strangers, but they know the voice of the shepherd. Amen. We know the voice of the shepherd. We cannot, might not explain it to other people, but we know the voice of the shepherd. We know that he is his voice. Amen. That's what the prophet will say. It is his voice. John 10, 10. He says, the thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that you might have life. Amen. And that you might have it more abundantly. God wants you to have life. He wants me to have life. And life abundantly. Not just a little bit of life here and more life abundantly. And we have received life abundantly. What is greater than eternal life? Amen. And it says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Remember, this is his own sheep. That's why he gives his own life. It says, but he that is in howling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, see if the wolf coming and leave the sheep and flee, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The howling fleeth and because he is in howling and careth not for the sheep. Does they have no interest in the sheep? Amen. Maybe in the situation you are going out, maybe you might think God doesn't care for me. He cares for you because you, He owns you, because you are His property. He cares for you. Even this hardest of the situation, He's still in control, Amen. Because He cares for you. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And I am known of mine. Ownership relationship. Going back to that quote of the prophet says, You always wear a sheep. You never wear a pig or dog turn into a sheep. That is impossible for every kind of life produces the same kind. And there is no change in species. As we were in the thought of God and then expressed in the flesh, there had to come a day when <clears throat> sorry, there had to come a day when you will hear his voice, his word, and hearing that voice became aware of our Father calling us and recognized that we are the sons of God. We heard his voice and we cried out as did the prodigal son, Save me, O my father, I'm returning to thee. 
You are not going, you are not. The prophet will continue saying, in this family, you are not joining a family. I cannot join the Branham family. You cannot join the Perosoc family. You, no, you have to be born in that family. So here we are part of that family. We are not joining a family. We are not even belonging to a church. Or oh, I belong to that church. We say that as an expression. I belong to that church. But belonging only to a church is not enough. You have to belong to him. You have to be part of him. Amen. Belonging to the church will not save you, but being part of him, that's your salvation. First says, I'm, I'm returning to thee. A son of God can go a long time before he recognizes that he is a son. A long time. But once he has already, he got you on the hook, he can't let you go. You are there. No matter where you go, I got you. You cannot go nowhere. You are my property. I would never leave you. Because if I leave you, I become myself incomplete. And I cannot accept myself to be incomplete because you are part of me. You are my property. No matter where you go, you are just in harming yourself. You are hurting yourself. But you will come back. Young people, no matter where you go, you will come back. If you are part of God, you will always come back. Because he can never lose you. Oh, I go to this church. You go from this church, from the other church. You go from this, this doctrine, from the other doctrine. He already has you there. Because you are part of him. Part of his property. Woo! I love the message of God. It says, in fact, a lot of true Christians are like that story of the baby eagle that was hatched out under an hen. John 10, 26. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. So Jesus Christ was not worried. That's kind of straight, right? You are not believing because you are not part of my sheep. You are not my property. That's why I love you. I want you to be saved and I, I, I will die for you. But if you don't believe, it's because you are not part of my sheep. Not part of my property. <laughs> but I come from my property. And I will not lose none of my property. That's where he's interested in. He's interested in you. He's interested in me. I'm part of my property. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. The prophet will say you will never perish as God can never perish because he has given you eternal life. You will never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Because they're part of my property. No one can take them out. You can go to trials. You can go to difficult times. You can go to rejection. But you will never lose the eternal life in you. Because if you are born again of God, you are part of God. Yeah. Talking about redemption this morning. <laughs> Might be a little bit on the other extreme. But it's important as well to remind you where we come from. Sometimes the devil will try to put so many things. But we have to remind him that we are part of God. I have my mistakes, I'm working on that, but I'm part of God. 
says, my father, which gave them, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Oh, praise be to God. That's why never minimize, never belittle that little tag that is in your heart. That is warning you, that is reminding you. That is because the world that we are living in, they don't even have that conscience at all. Nothing is bothering them at all. But inside of you, there is something that is reminding you, this is wrong. Oh, you need to pray. I feel like you need to read the Bible. I think that you need to listen to the tape. What is that? It's God's tag inside of your heart that is reminding you where you come from and where you live. Don't neglect that. If it's still there, thank God that it's still there. That what is bringing you back to the right way, to the right way of God. God, I made mistakes, but I'm coming back to go with you because I'm part of you, Lord. You might feel low, you might feel down, but you are God's property. The woman at the well, she didn't know who she was. She didn't know what she was. But because she was God's property, he had to go that way in order to meet her. She has a representation of heart. I have to go there. And once I meet that representation of heart, it will respond to my word. And he came there. He talked to her in a little bit natural, in the natural terms. But when she, she started realizing, I see that you are a prophet. Yes, I'm a prophet. I see that you are the Messiah. I am that Messiah. And then she dropped everything. She find our seventh husband. That's where our situations, we were that dinned up in, in the world. But we responded to the voice of the shepherd. As we heard to the special meetings, that legion, he had to go that way to find that legion. Galatians 4, 1, 6 says, Galatians 4, says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, Different nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. is under tutor and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the element of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Amen. The message comes to bring us to the adoptions of sons. We were under the law, but the message is grace. Bring us unto the adoption of the sons. And then the Bible says, because you are sons, because you are daughters as well, God has sent forth the spirit of his son unto your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Once the son or the daughter of God recognizes that she is God's property, oh my, she recognizes that she's a son of God. When she recognizes that she's a daughter of God or he's a son of God and she recognizes she's a daughter of God, nothing can take him or her away from God. The Bible says even the time, even trials will come and chastisement will come, but it will not move him, it will not move her. Hebrews 12 says, you have forgotten the exhortation you have, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son. Despise not that the chastisement of the Lord, no faint when the heart rebuked of him. For when the Lord loveth, for whom the Lord loveth, it chastineth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. 
Once he receives that son, he's part of his property, it chastises you. He's checking if you are really his property or not. The one who's not part of him will say, oh, that's too much. That's too much, Lord. That's too much thing. No, no, this message is too hard for me. But the son and daughter of God, no matter what it is, it's part of me. It's will be part of me. I am my father and my father belongs to me. It's an ownership relationship. Where else could we go? This is part of our life. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if he be without chastisement, whereof are all partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. It means illegitimate sons. You're scared. If, if it's not your son, sometimes I feel like, I feel like I could correct that son. <laughs> I'm not a mean person, but sometimes you feel like that, right? In the shop, and then they ah! If it was my own son. <laughs> God is not saying, oh, if it was my own son, God takes you really and pop, 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 pop. Says, okay, all right, go back. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. And you come to church and you pray. <laughs> oh, pray for me and everything. I lost my job and everything. <laughs> ah, good. Come here. Wow. Send the prayer request. I come here. <laughs> we all went through that. We know what it is. Amen. <laughs> it's a test to see that you're really son of God. In Jubilee, the prophet says, I got good health, but everything is always banging me down. So every son that cometh to God must be chastised of God. Everyone, we just have to be tried. God's whip led on us seem like being innocent. God is doing that to prove that we are sons. Those who cannot stand chastisement are illegitimate children. And not true, true sons of God, but when God... When, when, man, when that man or woman we can stand and take their, their weeping and everything going wrong, he still look up and say, Lord, I love you. Say, that's the one. It's not to say, oh, Lord, Lord, why this, why this? But that's what is, Satan doesn't understand because not part of that relationship. You think that, okay, God allows him to put some things that are happening in your life and say, well, I will see you, he's going to betray you, he's going to say something. But Job, no matter what happened, he says, God gave and God took away. Praise be to his name. I love you, Lord. And God tells Satan, you see, that's my son. That's my real daughter. Because this is a purpose in Hebrew 12, 11. Now, no chastening of the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. We all agree with that. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable truth of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You go through a certain trial, and next time another trial comes that's similar to that, you can refer to the first one. God delivered me there, he can deliver me here. 
You can be an encouragement to someone else. You are going to destroy, you know, God delivered me there. He will deliver you here. Why? But when you are going to write, it was hard, but now it becomes a testimony because God still cares for you. He will not leave you because you are God's property. The good thing about this relationship of ownership is that God cannot lose you and Satan cannot touch you. The devil cannot touch the seal because it's God's private property. The prophet says in an important sin, he says, Then the devil looks upon that seal, he can't come to it, he can't tease at it, he, he can't tease at it, he can't buzz at it, he can't fast at it, but he can't get to it. That's right. He can't get it because he, there is a seal of God that forbids him. Prophet says, hallelujah, forbids him to touch it. That's God's private property, the prophet says. Hallelujah. That's what makes him, that's what makes a man walk boldly. They're not scared of backsliding. No, sir. They're not scared of what the devil says. Why? Because they are God's property. The devil can touch the body, can touch maybe the spirit, but the soul he cannot touch because it's God's property. Oh, we thank God for that seed, amen. That's what gives us strength. And the prophet went through so many trials. They asked him the question, prophet, is it you who is holding your religion? He says, no, it was my religion. It was that private property of God that kept me walking along. It was not my strength. It was that part of God that keeps me walking. You are a private property of God. Private means it's for you. Amen. You don't share your private property with someone else. This is a private property for you. You don't share it with someone else. God cannot share you with the devil. You are God and you belong to God forever. Once he seals you, it's until the destination. That's what the Bible says as well. It says, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, says what? Know ye know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Amen. That's why we see people doing what they are doing. Oh, they go, they do the work. And oh, those who leave the message, you know, I didn't have any liberty to do. Now I have liberty to do whatever I can do. Oh, yeah. It just shows who you belong to. That's it. I know who I belong to, amen. And I do whatever I want to do. And my desire to do is to do what, be, what it pleases him. I'm so free. You are bound. I'm free, amen. And I do whatever I want to do, and my desire is to do God's desire. Amen. Amen. So uh, you, I'm not under, under, under tutors and things like that. I'm under grace. Amen. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. I'm prisoner of his love. I love him so much that I don't want to hurt him. But what, what about those rules and everything? No, no, they're not rules. I belong to him. <laughs>
Romans 6, 11. Romans 6. Likewise reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign on your mortal body, that should obey it in the last thereof. If you are still there, you slave of last, slave of this, check your ownership. Say, so let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the last thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God. For those are alive from the dead, and your members are instrument of righteousness unto God. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. What then? Shall we sin because we are under the law? We are not under the law, excuse me. But under grace, Paul said, God forbid. Paul is a prophet. God forbid. That's not the case. He says, know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servant to obey, his servants are ye to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, and of, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye, are, ye were the servants of sin. You used to belong to sin. You used to be slave of sin. You used to be yielding your member to those things. But not anymore. Now you are not slave of those things anymore. You are a son and daughter of God walking under the grace of God. The message of grace is not a message of tolerating sin, of tolerating things, bad things happening, last and different things happening. No, no, the message of grace is a message actually that is even harder than the law. Amen? But there is grace on it. You desire not the desire to do the same things over and over and you're pleasing them. Oh, that's okay. That, that's, that, that's not the real proper ownership. No, no. Amen? They have to be straight. No, that's not that case. You make a mistake, God, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean that, Lord. You don't take pleasure in your hypocrite life. No, that's not the real ownership. That's not what I'm talking about here, amen. I'm talking about the real life, Christ. So, God be thanked that you were the servant of sin, but you obeyed. But you have obeyed because someone pushed on you. Because someone constrained you? No. From your? From your heart. From the heart, that form of doctrine which was, deliv- which was delivered you. Being that made free from sin, you become servant of righteousness. So in other words, once you are Christ, you are part of the body of Christ. No one can take your place. You are part of God's economy. There is not even no need to impersonate someone else. You have your place. You have your part of the economy. God knows how he's going to deal with you. You don't want to be Oral Robert. You don't want to be Billy Graham. You don't want to be Tim Pritz. You don't want to be Brother Ed. You want to be you. Want to be you. <laughs> The prophet says, but remember in the kingdom of God, in his great economy, 
You will be, if you'll be the doormat, that's your place. You'll be just as much as they are, but you just maintain your position of where Christ has placed you. Amen. You are special. You have a special place in God's economy because you are his private property. It's my note. That's why the prophet always uses, and himself says it. When he's praying, you say, devil, take out your dirty hands from God's property. Because you know, once he has, he has confessed his sins, he is a Christian, take your dirty hands from God's property. You have no part in it. This belongs to God. Now, let's go back a little bit to the law of redemption for a moment. Still have some time. I thought I won't belong, and still think I won't belong. But the law of redemption, God can do things like no one else can do. If we see in Hebrews 6, Hebrews 6, 16 says, For man verily swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, you might have a strong consolation. So God gave a promise, and on top of that promise, he gave an oath, when God gives a promise, he cannot lie. Are you with me this morning? When God gives a promise, he cannot lie. So it was already something that was immutable. It was already as sure as it could be. But God, on top of that, he adds an oath to Abraham that you shall you have a seed and shall possess, the, shall possess his, the gate of his enemy. He put an oath on top of that. So Paul is taking that and he's thinking, you know, God has done one thing. It's already enough to do the work, but he's adding on top of that something else to confirm again. So doing two immutable things to show that really God is very serious about his business. He says, I do those things impossible for God to lie, that you might have a strong consolation. Must have a strong consolation. If the enemy comes to you, you can point to him. You see, he has said this and he has added enough on top of that. So you have no choice, you have no room for you to try to disturb me because I have so much strong consolation. Says, We have fled for refuge to lay all upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast, and which enter into that within the veil. Now, when we look in the law of redemption here, we know that the law puts you in jail, and the law doesn't take you out of jail. The law has no power to take you out of jail. The law is there just to push you into jail, and there is no place for you to take out of jail. Are you with me? So the prophet says here, and the kinsman, redeemer, says, paragraph 53, a little bit earlier, says, leaving the promised land, no matter how bad it was, so sojourn over another land brought trouble. Any time that the believer gets off is God-given ground many times in politics, this election coming up and so forth, a good man can be a good man and he'll wander off of those grounds 
like a certain minister, no one to be a mayor of the city. When he did, he got off his ministerial ground and Satan overtook him. If any Christian get off of those grounds, well, he'll go down tonight, sit with the boys in the pool room, and while he'll do no, you say, oh, he'll do no harm if I do those things. I'll take, I'll take one little drink. You are off your grounds. Come back. You are only setting your course for trouble. All the rest of the girls smoke and they'll try one. You are off your grounds. Don't do that. Stay in the homeland. And the kinsman redeemer is taking this example. He's showing how Naomi, through the problems and what she had, she left the land. Because they had so much problems, so much things, and so much debt. And so in, in order, in, instead of taking that element of faith of God there that we read at the beginning, she left it and she went in her own way. So she sold all her belongings and everything. She sold the land and she went out. So the prophet is taking that example and says, no matter what, she should have not left that place. She should have stayed there no matter what. So the parallel to that, to the Christian walk, is sometimes people say, no, I can only do this. I can only do this. It's okay with me and different things. Or, or you can compromise on certain things. So the prophet is warning us, no, you have to stay on the ground. You have to stay on the land. So that's what he's saying here. I put the quote before the, the note, but, but that's the idea where it's going. Say, all oh, the rest of the girls smoke, and I'll, I'll try one. You off your ground. Don't do that. Stay in the homelands. Don't. Well, everybody over here, they call me old foggy. They call me old-fashioned. Stay there anyhow. That's your place. Stay in Christ. Naomi, because, because of the famine, wandered out from the lands and went into Moab, Finding bread, and she didn't have to do that because the rest of them stayed in Judea, Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the battle house of God, house of praises. They stayed there. So the same for us as well. You have to stay in the land. You have to stay in the message, amen. You have to stay in the word of God. And we see in the word of God. In the word of God, he gave a promise Hopefully I didn't lose that. In the word of God gave a promise that the land, even if you have sold it, you can still redeem it. So the, 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 a good story of that is the story of Ruth, because uh, Naomi of Ruth, because they sold everything, but when she came back, there was no one else. There was no one else who could take it out except Boaz. So the prophet will take that example and we go into detail. He will show different things and we show how Ruth has to make her own decisions. As us as well, we have to make our own decisions. God wants those who can have a clear-cut decision. Amen? It's not a border half decisions here and there. Or you take a decision and along the way you go back. You have to be like Ruth. When you have a decision for God, no matter the obstacles, you go all along the way. Because it's something that is pulling you, amen. Ruth didn't know what was pulling her, but she made a decision to follow along the way. And the prophet will say and put that as a good perspective on that. Sometimes when we leave the world and we go to the message, you believe that everything will be easy. No, sometimes things are not as easy. Sometimes things are not as easy, but you still keep pressing on. Ruth had a lot of obstacles in the land of the resurrection. Can you think about it? In the land of the resurrection, she had a lot of opposition. Oh, what about that? Oh, that's how she comes from there. Oh, that, oh no. Speaking of different things. But she knew what she was doing. 
She didn't understand, but she knew what she was doing. The prophet says, the same message, kinsman, redeemer. Then notice, life was hard for her. It's hard after you become a Christian. Because you got to adjust yourself from one life of gaiety and pleasures of the world to another life of consecration to God. You've got to readjust yourself over on this side. Speaking for special meetings we had and we've made some decisions and God is working your life. And sometimes, oh, I feel like things are not going out. I thought during the special meeting I felt so good. Was it emotions? No, it was not emotions. Things can be hard. But keep pressing on. Ruth had to adjust herself from being in a land where plenty to eat and everything respected to a people that was laughing, making fun of her into a land she gleaned in the field for what what to eat. Put it in the scarf, put it in her scarf and take it home and beat it out and make some bread and her and her mother-in-law eat it. Kinsman Redeemer. But then we see in the law, as you find out, you know, the story of Boaz and everything. I'll just go into Ruth 4.5. Ruth 4.5 says, Boaz, as he's talking to the... Let's start from verse 3. Let's go through that few minutes and probably close. He said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, this is come again out of the country of Moab. Selleth a parcel of land which was our brother Elimelech. And I thought to advertise this, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants, before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me, that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee. And I am after thee, and he said, I will redeem it. And he said, I will redeem it. So first of all, the first kinsman, redeemer, thought that I will redeem it. And that's what it says in verse 5, Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabites, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Now think about it. In the law, there is no place of, of redemption, or there is no place for them, but there is no place for grace. But here God specifically injects a way to come out from it. He says, if you have your own means to come out of it, you can come out of it. But most of the case, if you swallow your debt and because of the debt, it's very hard for you to come of it. That's the situation where we were in because of sins and the, situa- the, first, the first birth. It's, a, it's impossible for us to come out of it. But God has provided a way of grace in the middle of the law. Someone can pay for you and that person who pays for you, you can come out of the jail. That's what redemption means. Redemption is taking you out of the market. And once it takes you out of the market, you cannot be a slave in that market anymore. 
And here he's talking about the land. He says, for the land, because you lost everything because of the land, there is someone who can buy the land. But as here the focus is upon the land, but the real kinsman, redeemer, could do that. His purpose is not really the land. His purpose is about roof the Moabites. So God, when he's putting that law here, is thinking about the bride. Says, this bride cannot come out of there for herself. But I put this place of redemption, of grace in the middle of the law because I can redeem Ruth. Beyond even Naomi, Boaz was looking about Ruth. So now the first person who could say, I can redeem them, when you realize that it's not only about material things, it's not only about the land, it's more than that, says, no, I cannot. I cannot redeem her. Satan was the person who was the first who could redeem us if he could, and even own everything. He told Jesus Christ, I own everything here. This belongs to me. Why just not buy to me here and possess everything? But Jesus Christ said, I'm not, it's not my purpose, not really this land here. Although when I will die on the cross, when my blood goes on this ground, I will redeem this land for sure. But that's not my purpose really. When I'm dying on the cross there, my purpose is about Ruth the Moabite to redeem her. Grace in the middle of the law. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Then this man says, this kinsman says, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I mar my own inheritance. You as the bride, even the devil doesn't want you to be in his camp. <laughs> if you come on my side, a lot of trouble. He will always be saying, praise be to God. Praise. No, no, it, it's disturbing my inheritance. You better take him. I cannot inherit him. Tell him on his other side. Amen. Can you imagine a believe if you have the same attitude that you have going to a denominational church? They're going to chase you. No, no, that's too hard. That's too much for us. Why? He cannot even have the possibility to inherit you. But God's rich in mercy is looking upon you. Because you are part of him. So the prophet says, Can this man redeem the sons and daughters of God? What am I here? Says, Oh, I'll just keep that to save time. Says, Remember, when Christ came, he never spoke of the Gentile church. It was gone to his own. He came to his own. His own received him not. He was always to his own. Go not in the way of the Gentile. Go not in the Samaria. But go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out the devils. Freely as you receive, freely give. Is that right? Send them by two. He had to redeem that church. But when he redeemed that church, he got the Gentile bride. Amen. That was the bargain indeed. He got the bride when he redeemed the church. Amen. Then he will go again. says, the next one in the parable that, uh, that had a 
an option of you was the devil. Because he had seen and first you belonged to him because you, was, you were his property. But you were born in sin, shaped iniquity, come to the world speaking lie. He could not redeem it. He could not redeem it. He could not redeem it. So Christ came and was made man to take away our sins to redeem us. Do you see it? Congregation says, Amen. The other man couldn't eat it. The devil could not die for sins. Because he was the very perverter that made sin. See, he could not. He'd mar his inheritance, the other fellow. And Satan would mar, would mar his because he's a devil. He could not become another devil to take away the devil, first devil. He could not become sin because he already was sin. But Christ, being sinless, become a sinner. He could redeem us. Hallelujah. We are redeemed. We are redeemed means we are brought back. We are redeemed. When you see of the redemption, it even partakes inside of it. It takes even the Godhead, of the, Godhead the divinity of Jesus Christ. You can't have a kinsman redeemer who is sending someone else to redeem on behalf of you. It has to be the kinsman redeemer. He has to come to this place and make a public testimony and say, I'm here because I want to redeem you. God couldn't send someone else. It was God who had to come in our level to become a kinsman redeemer on our level in order to redeem us. We thank God for the message, isn't it? Now, Ruth, it says, the kinsman said unto Boaz, buy it for thee, and he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and to all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech and all that was Shilon and Malon and of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabites, the wife of Melon, if I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead might not be cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place, you are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. Lord, make the woman that is come unto thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which do build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrata, and be famous in, in, in Bethlehem. So he made a public testimony. The prophet said, the public testimony says, what Jesus, Jesus did, he made a public testimony. When Satan could not die for sin because he was a sinner, is the father of sin, but Jesus, the innocent one, God of heaven, who didn't have to die, come down and make a public testimony by dying, lifted up between heaven and earth. A public testimony stripped his cloth of him and hung between heavens and earth in shame and died a sinful, shameful death to redeem us. A public testimony. 2,000 years ago, he made the public testimony that you are not a slave anymore. I bought you. I paid the full price. So you are not a slave of sin anymore. Don't be a slave of sickness anymore. Satan has no legal right upon you. You are bought with a full price of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are redeemed. So Leviticus 25 48 says, after he is sold, he may be redeemed again 
One of his brethren may redeem him, and either his uncle, his uncle's son, may redeem him, and any that is nine of him, unto him of his family may redeem him, for he be able, he may redeem, he may be redeemed himself. What is become a redeemer? Redeemer redeems you completely, the prophet says. When he redeems you from your sin, from your sickness, from everything that is wrong, is a redeemer. Amen. So what is redemption? Is to take a slave from the market, and that slave can never be sold back again. Hallelujah. So if you have been redeemed, you cannot be a slave anymore. <laughs> oh, I love that. He says that takes him from the slave market, takes him out of himself to himself. It takes him out to himself. Notice that slaves once redeemed can never be sold in the market again. Can never be sold again. He's mocked. If he was thought enough of one time to be redeemed, no one can never sell him again for a slave. Thanks be to God, when a man has come to Christ and been redeemed by the precious blood, the devil can never make you a slave again. Preaching this message to build redemption faith. You are secure in the blood of Jesus Christ until the day of redemption. A slave, look it up in the Exodus. Find out what is the Levitical laws, he says. Or find out if that, that is in the Levitical laws. I mean, in Leviticus, see, that isn't, if that is in the law. A slave, once redeemed, can never be sold again for a slave. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy that our kinsman redeemer, that God of heaven was spirit, came down to the earth and was made flesh, made like I am, made like you are, took on the form of sinful flesh, knowing no sin, for sins might rest upon him and become kinfolks to us, made the public testimony of dying, paying the full price. So you are not a beggar anymore. Don't have the attitude of a beggar anymore, a slave anymore. When you're asking something to our Heavenly Father, it's not a beggar attitude. It's a son or a daughter of God who's fully free. Sometimes it hurts my heart sometimes. And I, my father taught me how to respect the beggars. But sometimes, you know, it can be there and you, you're checking if you still have coins. And the beggar is there hesitating whether you're going to give him or not. That's not the attitude of a Christian. Hesitate. Am I going to give? Am I going to get? A Christian is there. Sure, God. This is your promise. You died for me. You died for my children. Lord, I'm coming here. Give me my inheritance. Give me my possession. It's fully paid. <laughs> Prophet says, if you don't realize who you are, you are sons and daughters of God, heirs of the kingdom. Right now we are kings. Claim your legal right. Don't let Satan press anything on you. You are of God. In other words, you are God's property. Don't let him cheat and rob you of your privileges. You are God's property. He's got no right to hold it. Everybody is always looking at their symptoms. That's what he's trying to point because he's buzzing around, right? Prodding the symptoms and things, symptoms in your life, symptoms of your children, symptoms of things going wrong. You don't look at those things. You look at God's promise. You promised me and I'm standing upon your promise. Because Satan does not want you to know your right. He doesn't want you to know your right. 
He hates the book of Genesis or Revelation because he does not want you to know her right. Can you imagine another Israelite coming to Ruth and telling her, you know, you don't qualify to be in that land? No, she will point him, Boaz already redeemed me. He already made a public testimony for me. I am redeemed. Amen. So we need to know our position. Otherwise, Satan will, will oppress us. You know, Satan is a master of oppressing. He will hide the right, he will try to distort your right. That's how we came to Eve, right? So Eve, you know, Eve, you can be a goddess. You can know different things. If she knew her position, I'm already a daughter of God. Whatever I have need of, I already have it. You have nothing to give to me. Whatever I need, I already have. I don't even want to know the bad things. I know already the good things. I don't need to know the bad things. Because he came, you want to know the bad things as well? No, I don't need the bad things. I know the good things. Sometimes we are too much interested in the bad things of the world. Don't be interested in the bad things of the world. We have the good news. The world will go down and down and down. You need to read the good news all the time. That's where your position is, amen. That's what gives you faith. Now, just be with me for five or a few moments. <laughs> already get in trouble and I give timeline. So forget the time. <laughs> Eternity time. <laughs> Leviticus at the beginning, he gives grace inside of the law. But then he goes further, says Leviticus 25, 28. But if he not be able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that had bought it until the year of the jubilee. And in the jubilee he shall go out and shall return into his possession. Maybe the devil has been too many times, I've been telling you, you know, maybe he didn't pay for this one, maybe he didn't pay for this one. God says, if he maybe he tried to convince you on that level, but I'm giving you another immutable thing that I cannot change. Once this heal happens and you hear the sound of the Jubilee, no matter what you were doing, just leave it and go back to your position. <laughs> Woo! He put, you don't have to pay anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to justify anything. You just throw everything and go back to your master. Go back to your real owner, possession. Because that's what I give grace in the middle of the law. If he could give grace in the middle of the law for you to leave everything and go back, how much more giving grace in the middle of grace, dispensation? And he says, Leviticus 25, 44 says, And if you be not redeemed in these years, is that what I read? No, it's another one. But in the same one, he's repeating the same thing. If you not be redeemed in these years, then you shall go out in the year of Jubilee. Not only you. So the promise is not only for you. Even your children. Even your children have to go with you 
So the message is not only for the parents, even for our children. We will claim our children. We will claim the promise of our children because we are living in the time of the Jubilee. In this time of the Jubilee is grace for the bride. Had you right? What do you want, had you right? I want the salvation of my two children. She's not looking at the situation. She's not looking at how bad they were. She's just claiming the promise of God. Because Revelation 10, 7 has been revealed. Now we're in the time of the Jubilee. I want my children to be saved. And the prophet says, if those children are not saved, I'm not a false prophet. But I give unto you those children. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs> Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Leviticus 25, 9. That's where it's describing the Jubilee. It says, That shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound in the tenth day of the seventh month. Revelation 10, 7. In the day of the atonement shall he make the trumpet sound throughout all the land. And we shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be a jubilee unto you and it shall return every man unto his possession. And you shall return every man unto his family. Redemption is not a redemption for all of us, even including our families. And the prophet gives here and says, but the tragedy of the jubilee time some people don't want to hear that. That's the sad part. And we have to mention it. You hear the trumpet sound. But say, no, I'm not accepting. It says, be careful. You might grieve the Holy Ghost too far. And then in this time of jubilee, it's time to be very careful. You hear it. Don't harden your heart. Say, God, I accept it. Because you don't want to grieve it too far to the point where you hear it. It sounds like I already heard that before. It's not hurting anymore. It's not, mm, not nothing. No. Be careful. But the one who hears it, oh, praise be to God. The one who hears it, I used to be a slave. Oh, I didn't maybe understand this thing. Maybe the devil convinced me on different things. But now it's my time to leave everything, come back to God. God, accept the time of liberty. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Musicians can come. Prophet says, Satan has got no legal right of anything. Everything is God is defeated. And the only thing he is, is a scarecrow. That's all. He cannot bother you. A man that's born of the spirit of God, there is nothing at all can harm him. Now Satan can push things over on you. And just keep shoving you out and shoving you out. If I went to my house tomorrow night and looked up there and there moved into my house was a big bunch of people and they were drunk and prostitutes and carry on. Why? I'd put them out. Well, how are you going to do it? They say, I'm a human. This house is made for humans. I can live here too. Says this, I say, this belongs to me. This is my legal possession. That's why the Jubilee comes. You have to go back to your possession. So if you go back to your possession, you have to claim your possession. This is my legal possession. 
I've got an abstract deed here at a courthouse that shows this belongs to me. You cannot stay here any longer. And I'd serve notice on them that they'll have to move. If they didn't, there is a law downtown that will make them move. Is that right? Well, anything that Satan puts upon you in the way of sickness or whatever it is, you, every born-again person, has an abstract warrant. He has a warrant from God, and the Holy Spirit is here to put any devil out. Yeah. It's not even you trying to force him to breathe out with your own strength. The Holy Ghost is the enforcer agent. Yeah. The prophet calls him the FBI agent. He's the one who's going to put him out. Yeah. But you have to claim your position, and you'll be put out. Every day. Don't look at the symptoms. Just look at God's word. No matter if it's a cancer, tumor, cataract, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will put him out if you'll, if you'll serve notice on him in the name of Jesus Christ because he has no legal right. I'm the Lord that he left all thy diseases. Is that right? He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes we are healed. And you've got to go over and take it. Another place the prophet say, take it back. Take it back. Amen. You don't see it this, this week? Once you do special meetings, you don't see it this week? Don't give up. Keep confessing. Keep confessing. Remember John Ryan? Multiple weeks passed. And he was, but Brother Barnum, you told me that I was healed. Brother Barnum said, you were healed. You were healed back there. The manifestation might come a little bit longer, might take a bit time. But from that time there, I gave you your healing, or you were healed, or you recognized that you were healed. You continue to confess your possession. You continue to confess the word of God, and it will come to pass. Save time, the prophet says in another place, when God gives you a promise, you have to water that promise because the seed, you have to water that promise with praises, with thanking God. You don't see result, but God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I'm, I know my possession is back. My son will come. My daughter will come back. I will be healed. I will have a victory on that thing that has been bothering me for many years. God, I, you have promised me the victory, and I will have the victory. Why? In the time of the Jubilee, we are free. <laughs> Going back to our positions. Do you love the Lord this morning? Thank God I am free. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Well, I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been born again. Save, save, save by His wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out He would bring me out and show me the way. For a long time I traveled down long lonely road. My heart was so heavy and sin I sang.
Krishna. 